just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. Welcome to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. Uh, so 508-996-0500 is in the program. McCarthy is going to be back Wednesday. We had a lot happen in the last couple of hours, and I also got a lot of app chats that I was I was so in the moment, you know. I was so in the zone. You know, I had Nick Bernie on, then Haru on, then Dempsey on, and then the Shannon McMahon letter drops, and then I'm reading that, and I, you know, I, I got so I got so into it. So, so uh, that my that my that my vision became very blinkered, you know. My vision became very blinkered, and I, I didn't see in the, my periphery all these app chats popping up on the screen. And I, so, I'm going to respond to each of them. I'm going to respond to each of them because I think they're they're good questions. I think that there's some good questions here. Um, and we'll be taking your calls to at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Just to recap the last couple of hours, if you hadn't tuned, if you're just tuning in now, just to recap the last couple of hours. Uh, you might have heard on Friday, Chris and I talk about the um, Chris to talk about this in our in our uh, internet exclusive a- uh, episode. But we talked about the um, the tensions building in the Democratic primary in Bristol County Sheriff to face Hodgson. They were on my show on a debate on Wednesday, and they were basically very very civil. Uh, they were very civil, and they they all agreed that the most important issue was finding a candidate, fielding a candidate that could beat Tom Hodge, and they all made their case to do that. Uh, Mayor Rue had said, you know, I'd raise the most money. I have the corrections experience. You know, I um, I've won elections before. Uh, you know, Attorney Bernier cited his backing. Uh, you know, he said the backing of Senator Rodericks. He was at a Senator Rodericks event when he called me today. Uh, and um, also, you know, Bristol County Register of Probate Tom Hoy and um, uh, a few members of the delegation, uh, a few members of the state delegation, Governor's Counselor Joe Ferreira as well. So um, they kind of traded blow not traded blows a little bit but i asked nick what he thought uh about uh paul haru's mayor uh mailer that went out the next day you can find the story on wbsm.com by the way i asked nick bernie what he thought about paul paul haru's mailer that went out which he said is a negative mailer um uh highlighting the you know basically comparing haru favorably to the other the other candidates and then i talked to haru about it he said he didn't think it was negative he thought it was a contrast piece um, it said, you know, this is, you know, it's a, it's an election. This is a, this is why I'm the best candidate. I raised the most money. I've, um, I've raised the most money. I've run the, um, I've, uh, run a, I've been elected before and I've major, I've, I've, you know, managed, uh, big budgets as, as a mayor. So that's what, you know, he stayed on message despite, you know, Bernie said some, I think really, uh, personal things about Haru's personal life, which honestly I wasn't a big fan of. I didn't think that was cool at all uh, because I don't think it's really 
I don't think anybody should, I think everybody has their own lives and their own lives that work for them. And so I don't think anybody really should be disparaging someone's personal life if they're happy and enjoying themselves. You know, that's, I didn't sit right with me, honestly, but, um, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, I'm, that's the road he wanted to take. That's the route he wanted to take. So I, I guess that's the route he took. Uh, Haru stayed on message mostly. Um, he basically just said, yeah, whatever. That's a distraction. Here's why I'm the best candidate still. And refusing to go negative on, on, on Bernier. I do. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I have to say I like Nick a lot. I think Nick's a nice guy and he's got all that support from those, those other elected officials because he's done a lot of work in the community for the last 10 years, right. Or the last however many years. And so, um, you know, they, they, He's earned that support by doing all that good work, right, in, in the Taunton area, in the Fall River area, right, and volunteering his time to, to run those campaigns and all of that, and even working on those campaigns as a, as a staffer. I, I, I think he's a good guy. I, I, I tend to agree with I tend I agree with Mayor Haru in this situation. I didn't think the mailer was that bad. I didn't think it warranted a depressor. I didn't think it warranted attacks on his personal life. Um, and uh, I thought Mayor Haru just was doing what you're supposed to be doing on a campaign, which is drawing a contrast between you and your and your opponent. Did you hear Chris Dempsey just uh, at eight o'clock? Did you hear him play kissy face with Diana DeZaglio? No. He said, listen, my opponent was in the legislature. They failed to get tax relief, right? He 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 drew a line. I'm the only candidate in the race with a uh, with a degree in accounting and finance, right? He drew a line, and this is a guy who's endorsed by the Boston Globe, by the way, right? And the Senate president and uh, a bunch of other uh, legislative leaders, right? This is a guy that's endorsed by the Boston Globe and all that. This is a guy uh, that that has run successful uh, campaigns like against the Olympics, right? This guy's worked for, uh, Congressman Joe Kennedy ran his campaign, right. Or worked on his campaign, uh, for, for Congress. So did you hear him say, well, this guy's really, he's a, he's a, you know, Oh, uh, Senator Zaglio such a great person and she's wonderful. And, uh, I like her so much. I'll, no, no, that's, it's a campaign. It's good to be civil. I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you should be nasty, Right. But if you're not drawing a comparison between yourself and your opponents, you are not campaigning. That is not a campaign. I, that's, you know, that's my that's my position on it. Five oh eight nine nine six oh five hundred. So I've got a few app chats. I'm going to address them uh, in in order. Uh, Matt saying maybe he's just trying to be civil. We need more of that. Matt from Rochester. I think he's talking about Nick's talking nice about Sheriff Hodgson. Again, uh, if you're not drawing a distinction between Hodgson and yourself, it's not a campaign saying he's a really nice guy and he's got good programs. I don't think it's helpful. And I, I honestly don't think is this. I don't think that's the feeling of a lot of voters who are going to vote in this primary. I don't. I You know, Nick's, Nick's got his own way of doing things and you know he's he's had some successes running campaigns before so maybe he knows how to deliver a message better than i do but uh that's i i disagree with that so uh this is another this is from william in new bedford haru sounds like a punk 
He won't call the sheriff by his title, but calls the fire chief by his. He speaks about the sheriff's character as if he's actively abusing inmates and causing them distress each day, but gives no specifics, all personal attacks, because he talks tough and disagrees with the sheriff politically. He feels like he can disparage him personally and say he's abusing people. Well, actually, there's a lawsuit in federal court that's saying he's abusing people, right? Uh, there's been more than one lawsuit in federal court that's saying Sheriff Hodgins abusing people. Uh, there was the May 1st incident. There is um, the Servino case. So... Um, you know, you can you can talk about you can have conversations about the veracity of those claims if you'd like, and whether or not you want to believe what the inmates are saying about Sheriff Hodgson's um, treatment of them, and whether or not you believe those inmates. But it's not like he's not pulling these out of whole cloth, and I don't think he really had time to get into the weeds of it. Right? These are real accusations made against Sheriff Hodgson. And we've had Hodgson on to defend defend himself against those accusations. He's actually going to be on, he's going to be on this Friday, uh, seven o'clock. He's going to be on this Friday. He's going to be taking your calls. We're definitely going to get his thoughts um, on the debate uh, on the debate uh, on Wednesday. I know he heard it, so we're definitely going to get his uh, his thoughts on who you know one of those people is going to be his opponent after September six. So um, I don't, again, I don't think these. You know, he's saying this. Haru's saying he's you know. Hodgson is abusing inmates because he's drawing from, you know, lawsuits in, in, in court that are saying that, right? There's people that have filed lawsuits saying that. So it's not like he's not pulling this out of whole cloth. It's not because he disagrees with them politically. That's just an accusation that's been made against Sheriff Hodgson. Again, you can, you can, you can uh, analyze the veracity of, of whoever you think's making those complaints or whatever. That's 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 your prerogative, whether or not you believe the sheriff or the inmates that are filing the case. But it's again, I, I, I don't think he's I don't think he's drawing those accusations out of whole cloth. So um, there was another one. Uh, Chris, a question for Chris State Auditor. He's going to be writing on the MBTA was wondering if he wins an election. Does he get a state vehicle for his position? Would he not be using that? Uh, so I might, I'm pretty, you do get a, you do get a lease vehicle if you're an elected official, I believe. Um, uh, I guess, yeah, he won't be using it. He won't be using it because he's taking the, uh, he's taking the train. So, um, I'm slightly, con oh, so Lindsay from Fairhaven, I'm slightly accused because I thought Shannon McMahon was arrested. Maybe I'm incorrect. No, she was arrested. She was charged with assault and battery household family member. Uh, back in 2016, and that case was uh, dismissed in Wareham District Court, and that's the incident that she's that her husband was talking about. She was actually arrested that night. She was arrested that night, but she explains it as it was a domestic incident between her and her husband, who was suffering a um, brain tumor that was uh, and taking a medication that was um, adversely affecting his. His um, that was adler adversely affecting his uh, his impulse control, but he called the cops on her and said this of her and all of that. She was arrested, um, but he's saying it was he's basically putting the blame at his own feet for the entire incident. So yeah, she was arrested. She was charged. It was dismissed. That actually does happen all the time. It actually does happen all the time. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Let's go to the phones. Um. I was about to go to the phones, but the call that I was about to go to just dropped. So I don't know. Call back or don't. It's fine. Call back. But um, so, yeah, she was arrested. Uh, he was he's saying it's all his fault, basically, that he because he would had a he had the brain tumor. He was taking the medication. He lashed out. He said he beat her. 
Um, but he said she was basically she was wrongfully arrested. That case was dismissed. It's not. It's very very common for domestic cases to get dismissed in district court. Um, it's just a thing that happens uh, sometimes. I you know I don't want to get into the reasons, but uh, it is something that happens uh, fairly often. So yeah, I mean that's where we're at now. Um, again, I I think that it is getting chippy in the. In the final weeks before the primary, we've got a lot of primary races here, uh, more so than we usually do. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hello. Hi, Marcus. Yep. Yeah, I was just calling it. I was listening to you the other day, and you were talking about how Healy's going to win the Democratic nomination for uh, governor. Well, she's the only candidate on the Democratic side, so... Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were saying basically she was going to win it no matter what. She was going to win the what the 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 nomination or the or the governor's the race. Office. The office. Oh yeah, I I mean, it would be a major upset if she didn't. Oh, I was going to say, I think the Republican side who has a stronger candidate, and it seems like the state seems like they vote Republican when it comes to governor. Who do you think is the which candidate are you talking about? Not Deal, the other guy. Well, Doty's got to win the primary uh, because Deal Deal's ahead in the polls. So if Doty wins the primary, I think he's got a better shot because he gives that Charlie Baker kind of appeal um, in the way that uh, in the way that um, uh, I think Jeff Deal doesn't. But Deal's ahead in the primary right now, so uh, it seems like he's going to he's going to be the nominee. And if it's if it's Deal, I mean, I really. I'd be surprised. I'd be very, very surprised if she won. I, and you're right. They do typically elect Republican governors, but you look at the Republican governors that they do elect, you know, Mitt Romney, Charlie Baker. Charlie Baker was a two time, uh, uh, he, was a, he was a cabinet secretary of two departments in the state. Um, he had to run uh, a, a governor's election and lose before he could win. Mitt Romney was a pretty well known guy. He ran for Senate in 96 against Ted Kennedy, so he already had statewide name recognition. He, uh, you know, he was the guy who saved the Olympics. His dad was the governor of Michigan, right? So he already came from a very well known political uh, family. His dad actually ran for president in 1968. Uh, you look at Bill Weld, he was a U.S. attorney, right? Um, so, uh, and I believe what Salucci was, uh, was Salucci Weld's lieutenant governor, right? So these are all people that were politically um, very active, political somebodies before they were elected governor. Chris Doty politically isn't as well known. He's a fairly new entity in, in, in politics. And I don't think he has, I don't know if he has all of the, all of the, the resume that the other guys have that would help him win that election, honestly. Oh, it's just I was listening the other day, and it seemed like you seemed like Haley was in the bag. She well, she's she's win. up she's up like thirty points in the polls, so it's not like she's she's pretty she's pretty comfortably ahead. Now I was talking to uh, one of my uh, I was talking to one of my friends who's in the state who's more involved in the state GOP than obviously I am, uh, and uh, he says that there's you know there's stuff there's stuff incoming on Healy that we haven't seen yet. She's she hasn't had a primary, so she hasn't had anything come out against her really because Sonia Chang Diaz dropped out pretty early and was was fairly nice to her, and that there's going to be some unflattering stuff that's going to come out in the general that's going to reflect poorly on her, and this race is going to tighten up. Um, until that happens, it seems pretty clear based on the polling. 
uh, that's that's been going on, and it's hard to it's hard to um, it's hard to have a polling error that uh, that skews a, a poll, you know, by thirty points. Um, I, I'm still going to stick with Bora Healy being the safe bet to to win the governor's office. No, it's just like I haven't. I never got polled. I know there's tons of people out there that never got polled. Right. So it's like, how, how do they assume that she automatically she's ahead by 30 points when they're not even polling everybody? Well, there's a margin for error. The margin for errors are usually like five points, seven points. You know, um, it's a science that I'm not really all that up with. You know, they they have a sample size and they make estimations based on that sample size, and they have a margin for error. Um, but it's again, it's you know, it's a lot. And I know, I know you're you know, obviously you feel like you're going to vote. Um, in the Republican in the next election, um, but there's, I mean, the state's only thirteen percent, thirteen percent Republican. I think uh, most of the people, the thirty-eight percent Democrat, and I think the rest are independents, so they could be swayed either way. I just don't know if these candidates have that appeal. And again, like Doty has a better chance than Deal in the in the general, without without question. It's just that Deal looks like he's ahead. Uh, right now, so if Deal wins that primary, I really don't. I just don't think it's going to be close. You think that Massachusetts is going to elect Trump's co-chair? I don't think so. Trump's campaign co-chair for the state? I just don't see it. I don't think they're going to vote for Deal, and I don't think they're going to vote for Healy. I think it's, Healy's just like another Martha Coakley, where she's just another idiot who stands there and laughs and grins all the time. She won't even debate on the topless beaches in Nantucket, where she just wants to wait till after the election, where. It's, oh, I'll see how I stand then. It's not where I stand now. It's just bullshit. Oh, hey, sorry. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta dump that. Sorry, man. I, I can't, I appreciate the call. You can't, you can't say that word. You can't say that word. I gotta dump that call. Sorry, unfortunately. But yeah, no, I get it. So Martha Coakley, I don't know. Healy seems like a better candidate to me than Martha Coakley, honestly. Martha Coakley lost that Senate election now in 2010. Now, granted, there was a per- against to Scott Brown. I think there was a perfect storm of things going against her. One, it was a you know it was a midterm year, so it's never good for the party in power. Two, it was a special election, so that the turnout was low. Three, Scott Brown, I think, was a uniquely charming candidate uh, who really presented himself as a lot more um, as a lot more moderate. And then in 2014, I think she couldn't get the stench of 2010 off of her, basically. She couldn't get the stench of Scott Brown, uh, Scott Brown winning that Senate seat and really, I mean, damning a lot of Obama's uh, policy, policy goals. Because if you'll remember in that election, Scott Brown was supposed to be the 41st vote to uh, filibuster a lot of the Democrats' um, goals in, in Congress. So... The Democrats had a 60-seat majority. They had a 60-seat majority, and you need basically a 60-seat majority is what you need to get anything you want passed in the Senate. If you get 60 votes, that gets anything passed in the Senate. Uh, If you get 59 votes then you can be filibustered. And Scott Brown was signing like a lot of a, a lot of things as Scott Brown 41 saying he'd be the 41st vote to 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 um to um, keep the filibuster going basically and block a lot of Democrats policy uh, uh, policy goals. And so I think she just had that stench on her from 2010 losing that election. And, uh, you know, that was and still even with all of that, that was a she, Charlie Baker barely won that election in 2014. Barely won. That was a close election. It wasn't a blowout. 
it was clear. It's it started to get more clear towards probably the next. You know, it, it took. I think it took a couple days for that to shake out fully. That Martha Coakley was going to that that Charlie Baker was going to win that election. I just don't think deal. And we're, you know, we're actually going to have Chris Doty on next week. He's going to come in uh, next week. I think at seven on Tuesday to talk about his campaign. I just don't know if. Um, I just don't. I just don't know if he. And you can talk to him too at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. I just don't know if he has it against Healy. Healy's won two uh, elections as an attorney general. Um, I think everybody knows who she is. She's got the name brand recognition that I don't think Doty or Deal have. Uh, Deal, I think, just being Trump's co-chair is is a. Uh, campaign co-chair, I think, is a disqualifier. Again, I've talked to friends that I know that are more involved with the state GOP, and what they're telling me is that there's stuff on Healy that are, is going to come out that's going to be more, you know, that she's, she, you know, she's had it easy, right? She's, she's basically hasn't had a primary. No one's been able to hit her with stuff, but she's going to have a lot more stuff um, on her that uh, that we don't know about. But what's important to remember too, if it's deal. Deal can't raise any money. He hasn't been able to raise any money. He's had to dip. And Moore Healy has money. Moore Healy has a lot of cash on hand that she doesn't have to spend right now because she has a prime she doesn't have a primary opponent. Because Sonia Chang Diaz backed out in June after the convention. So Deal is trying to dip into the public fund. He's trying to dip into the public uh the uh the the public campaign fund that's like a million dollars. He's trying to get a match from them. So if he can't raise money, he definitely can't beat Maura Healy, right? He's already got that disadvantage in the polls. And he's going to be outspent like five to one, right? At least five to one. And if you think, you know, oh, the money's going to come flowing in after the, the money's going to come flowing in in the general election. Listen, donors aren't in the business of wasting their money on candidates that they don't think are going to win. Right, so if he's going into this, into this race with a twenty-something to thirty-point deficit in the polls, right, or even a ten-point deficit in the polls, they're not going to throw their money at him. There's a lot of donors in this state. There really is. There's a lot of donors in this state, and Jeff Deals is going to be the only one courting them. If you'll notice, whenever a candidate, whenever like a, whenever a national political figure comes here, they go to Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard for a fundraiser. Mike Pence. Mike Pence went, uh, I remember Mike Pence went a couple times. I think he might have been here recently uh, to Nantucket for a fundraiser. Kamala Harris came to Boston and then went to, went to um, I think, the venue for, the, uh, for a fundraiser. There's a lot of fundraising that happens here. Obama spent it before he, you know, before he bought a house here, spent a lot of time here doing fundraising. There's a lot of fundraising in this region in general. And there's a lot of candidates soaking it up. Right. There's a lot of national candidates soaking up that fundraising money. They're not going to spend that. They're going to spend the donors are going to want to spend the dollars where they have the influence, where they think they're going to have a winnable race that they can help win. They're not going to spend it on Jeff Deal, who's dipping into the into the campaign, uh, the public campaign finance account. I don't see it happening. I guess we'll see. It would be a major upset. It's not it's not a stretch to say it would be a major upset if if Maura Healy doesn't win the governor's election. And I know people have called in before. So it sounds like you think she's going to walk in until something changes, until the polls look better, uh, until deals start raising more money. 
Even Doty, Doty's self-funding. Doty's self-funding a great deal. So until we see more money getting into that campaign, I, I just I don't see it. 508-996-0500 is how you get the program. I'm going to take a break now, and we'll be back. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 so you can get in the program this evening. Chris will be back Wednesday, but I'm joined by you via app chat or by phone at 508-996-0500. We've had, uh, we've had some, a lot of stuff happen in this show. Again, just to recap, if you might just, if you're just tuning in now, we had a uh, Nick Bernier, candidate for Bristol County Sheriff, um, responding to a mailer that was sent out by Paul Haru, which in which Paul Haru co- compared himself favorably to Nick Bernier and George McNeil. Based the stories on WBSM.com. Basically, the mailer has a lot of like, you know, it is is. I, you know, for the most part, pretty non-controversial. It has a lot of his qualifications for office that he's a, you know, he's a criminal, that he has degrees in criminology and public administration and that he's, you know, have correction experience, and that he's been a mayor and he's been elected to office before. But it, it also has, you know, he's went to Ivy League schools like Harvard and all that. That's all in the mailer. But he's also he also has on his mailer in the center of his mailer a um, a uh, table chart. With columns and one says, you know, candidate Haru versus candidate NB and candidate GM, and it compares Haru favorably to, and it says, candidate NB is 0 and 2, candidate uh, 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 Owen in elections, candidate Paul Haru is is 8 and 8 in elections, candidate George McNeil hasn't run an election, right? It just says zero, you know, and it says he's run a, you know, Haru's managed a major budget. And and candidate NB has it, and Haru uh, George uh, George McNeil's only run like a uh, Haru ran a 124 million dollar budget, and George McNeil only ran a 3.5 million dollar budget, and candidate Bernie only ran uh, hasn't run a big budget yet, right? He also they, he also mentions that uh, George McNeil voted in the 2016 Republican primary, which that's public record. That's public record. It's just a thing, right? So. My position is, if you're not compare, what I think is, and a, you know, Attorney Bernie feels differently. That's why I wanted to have him on the program to talk about it. But what my position is, I think if you're if you're running a campaign, you should be contrasting yourself favorably to your opponents. Again, you you haven't heard you haven't heard uh, any of these candidates say, um, you know, you've heard all of these candidates come on and do that. They've said, I, unlike. You know, when you when we had Chris Dempsey in, and he's talking about uh, Senator Zaglio, right, who we've had on the program, and she's distinguished herself from Chris Dempsey when we had her him on, right? You said, oh, my, you know, Chris Dempsey said today, my opponent was in the legislature and couldn't get you the tax relief you wanted. She failed to do that, right? But she says if, you know, whatever, he went on. He distinguished himself from her. He drew a comparison to her, 
Because that's what you do. It's an election. People are supposed to have choices. They're supposed to have choices, right? And so if they... if, So, I don't know. I I came out of that more sympathizing with with Mayor Haru's side, honestly. But again, I wanted to have both perspectives on to talk about it. Um, The column's up on WBSM.com. You can read read it if you want. I think during this election, for what it's worth, I think during this election, the if you're if you're a Democrat and you're voting in the primary and you're looking at it, I you say who's okay, who's won elections and who you know, who who's won elections, who hasn't, who's raised a lot of money and spent it well, who hasn't? Like that mailer that mailer had to be pretty expensive. And Bernier and McNeil say they have a mailer coming out. It can't I don't think it, that mail that they have coming out can hit as many doors as Haru's does, as as Haru's did. And he has corrections experience. I think he made his case pretty well. I think he made it in the debate, and I said that before. And I think every single caller that's called in thus far has said that. To be honest, I think every caller that's called in and said who you know who who they think was the best candidate that separated themselves more than the others, they all said Paul. So, but you heard both their perspectives. I thought it was important to feature both of their perspectives. Um, I think if, you know, if Haru wanted to go negative, he could talk about, you know, Nick Bernier working with Jaisal, right? Jaisal Korea, or, you know, his time as a prosecutor. Or he could talk about the fact that Chief McNeil had a non-renewed contract from his, from his, uh, from the Somerset Select Board. And I think that says, you know, and I think, I think Chief McNeil's a good guy, but, um, that says more about, I think, your ability to communicate with the broader electorate if you can't convince your voters that that or you can't convince your <clears throat> you can't convince your townspeople to keep you in. I know he said the the town manager did a great job, said he did a great job and all that. And I believe all that. I, I had McNeil as a professor. I've known him to be a very accomplished police officer. But it's about communication with your neighbors and communication with your residents. And there was a breakdown somewhere. Right. There was a breakdown somewhere. Maybe he was just a victim of a politically fraught environment. But guess what? This is going to be a tough election when they whoever comes out of this election on September 6th is going to be up against a very well financed component uh, opponent who's been there for a long time and has a great deal of political skill and communicative ability. And he has the money to put behind his voice. He has a good he has a great ability to communicate and he has the money to put to project his voice even further. And he's definitely not going to pull punches, nor should he, nor should any of these candidates when they're facing off against him. Nobody should be pulling punches in this election. It's very important. You have a once in six year opportunity to decide who is going to run the correctional facility in your county, who's going to run the entire thing. Right. This is a this is a matter of public safety. This is a matter of public safety. You get to decide who's going to run your county. You should not be concerned with playing patty cake. You should be concerned with getting your message out there, separating yourself from your opponents and saying, this is why I'm going to do a better. I'm going to be better at this very important job than these other guys are. I think that's what it's about, really. 508-996-0500. But we've got a lot of primaries coming up. We have got the 
it's it's a really active election year, and I think that's great uh, in a way that it hasn't been for a long time. And I think that's great. We have uh, in the 10th Bristol District. Um, so on September 6th, you get to vote in that primary for Bristol County Sheriff. You get to vote in the 10th Bristol District, uh, which is Fairhaven, Marion, Mattapoiset, part, uh, the southern part of Cushnet, um, in Rochester. For either Rick Trapillo or Bill Stra- uh, Rick Trapillo, um, or incumbent uh, Bill Strauss, chairman of the Transportation Committee, get to vote for one of them. I think they've drawn clear lines of distinction between each other in that uh, in that election before they face off with the Republican uh, their Republican opponent. Right? I think they've very clearly done that. Um, You've got the Repu- on the Republican side. You've got Bob McConnell and Je- uh, uh, Jeff Swift on the Republican side for that election. You've got in the uh, I think it's the eighth or ninth Bristol district. I want to say ninth Bristol district, but Chris Markey and Cameron Costa. If you live in Dartmouth or parts of Ward One in New Bedford, basically, if you live in Dartmouth or parts of Ward One in New Bedford, you've got Chris Markey, uh, Chris Markey versus uh, Cameron Costa that you can um, vote on in that election. If you've got, uh, if you're, again, if you, you know, you're in Bristol County, you're voting in that primary for, uh, you're voting that primary for, um, for the sheriff, uh, in the, uh, in the sheriff's primary, hopefully, if you're voting on the Democratic side. So there's a lot of activity. Of course, there's the statewide primaries and we've had all these candidates in, you know, we have Mayor Driscoll coming in on Wednesday. We have uh, Rep Gavea coming in on Thursday. Uh, they're running for Lieutenant Governor. We've had uh, Shannon McMahon, uh, Shannon, not Shannon McMahon, uh, Shannon McMahon and Tom Quinn. That's another local primary you get to vote on. We've had Shannon Liss Reardon and Quentin Palfrey uh, in studio as well, candidates for uh, attorney general. You know, we have DeZoglio and Dempsey in for auditor. There is a lot to be voted on uh, this year. So make sure you check your polling place, too. But early voting is going to start uh, August 27th. So if you don't want to show up on Election Day or you feel like, oh, I got time now, I can go vote, I suggest you do it. I like to vote early. I like to go to the polls just because I like the experience of going in. But if you want to mail in your ballot, I think that's perfectly fine and and valid. Uh, But if you... If you're going to vote early, just check your polling places. I know in Fairhaven, if you live in Fairhaven, all of your, every, every, every person in Fairhaven, all six precincts in town are going to be at the rec center. So remember that because I, I vote at the fire station where I am, right? So I vote at the fire station usually. Uh, I know some people, I, I think I'm, I've been to a few precincts. Like I think Wood School was, was a, a place you go to vote once. Hastings is, a, is, is one, definitely one of them. The fire station, the rec center is another place. But everybody's going to be this year, this at least for the September 6th primary, voting at the rec center. So make sure you check your polling place. But you've got, some, you've got uh, a, li- a lot of time to go cast your vote, and I think a lot of candidates to choose from. If you're in the Republican side, you've got uh, a primary between... Um, uh, other than the local candidates, you got a primary between um, Doty and Deal, and I know there's been a lot of opinions on that. I think more people around here. I've talked to more people that are Doty people than Deal people. Most of the Republicans I know, and most of the Republicans I've talked to locally, and just about every Republican that's called in has said they favor Doty over Deal. Doty's going to be here next Tuesday, uh, so he'll actually he'll. He'd, I'm sure he'd love to talk to you, and he will at at uh, 508-996-0500, and I'll take your calls as well. But we're going to take a break now, and we'll be back soon. Download the 
Hey, welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. and taking your calls at 508-996-0500. I think a very eventful show with all the stuff that happened from the sheriff's candidates speaking to each other. Not to each other, about each other. <laughs> uh, from Chris Dempsey coming in and from the news that had broke about Shannon McMahon releasing, uh, Shannon McMahon's husband, uh, DA candidate Shannon McMahon, releasing a statement on the incident that happened um, that has been a, a, definitely a topic of this of this uh, uh, DA primary against Tom Quinn. Tom Quinn uh, had um, terminated Shannon McMahon's employment with the DA's office after um, after she had been arrested for a domestic uh, dispute, which was later dismissed. Uh, she had her uh, she had her husband um, make a public comment on it. Uh, told you, I don't think it's a, politically a very tactful move, but um, she felt and he felt that that was um, that needed to be out there. And again, I sympathize with them for that. Uh, but I don't think I don't know. I wouldn't have drawn more attention to it, honestly. But hey, that's it's not my campaign. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. Marcus. What's up? You know who this is? Sam. Yeah. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Where's our sidekick? Uh, Chris will be back Wednesday. He's taking that yeah. off. He's doing good? He's doing great. Talking okay. to him now. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Tell him I said hello. Okay. Well, he might be listening anyway, right? <laughs> might be. He, be. he better be listening to his show. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going um, on? I uh, was just wondering about the the train situation. Yeah. Um, are we going to be voting on something like that? I think well? we should be, but I don't think we're. I, I think we should be, but I don't think we're going to. Um, They're not going to include going to include us, or do you think that'll be a, something that happens? I, I think it's it? just I'm, New Bedford voting on it. I don't think it's us. Yeah. I'm going to get a clearer picture on that. Actually, uh, I'm working on trying to get somebody in that that knows it a little bit better than I do. But um, yeah, I think it's just New Bedford voting on it. Unfortunately. It would um, really be, it would really be nice if you did get someone that would um, kind of explain to us what a no, you know, what would happen if it didn't go through. You know, what are the what are the MBTA's uh, op- options at that point? Can they sue the city? Can they force us to? And I say us, I'm just saying, you know, in general, what happens in the vetted is pretty much happening at the Haven too. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's going to definitely affect the region if uh, if rents go up and all that stuff. I'm, you know, I'm concerned about. Prices going up um, because even if I decided to sell a house that I live in to move into something smaller, those apartments are going to be crazy too. You know, I mean, it's yeah. it works both ways. Those people that are that are living up in Boston or in that anywhere in that general area can sell their stuff and move down here and get much cheaper rent, so much cheaper property, right? And uh, you know, and travel back and forth. And <clears throat> I think there's going to be a limited amount of people that are going to use that train. You know, maybe about at the end, by the time they get to wherever the final stop is and then head up to Boston, um, you know, there might be quite a few on board by then. But, you know, as far as our region, what what is it going to end up costing per um, per passenger? Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see what the what the price tag is. It'll be I think it's going to be. I don't know if we're going to have to pay what we're going to have to pay. New Bedford is going to have to pay a decent amount for it. in terms of who's going to use it, I, I don't know. I'm more of an optimist on that because I think, you know, everybody's like, oh, my God, it's going to be an hour and a half or whatever. But it's like driving to Boston 
wicked it's sucks. An hour and a half easily. Yeah, yeah it, I, oh, I, it's, I, I and you're it. driving. It sucks. If yeah. you're just if yeah, you're taking correct. the train, it's a lot easier. And there's Absolutely. people I know that take the train to Middleborough. Uh, that's like a half hour. That adds another hour, at least hour a day, onto right. your onto your commute. So I think there'll be more people. I'm a bit more optimistic about that, but. I'm going to do my best to follow up on that. Hey, Sam, I got to take this break, but I appreciate the call. Sure. Thank you. All right, I got to take this break. I'll be right back. 1420 WBS.